Hello and welcome to the Indie Dev Life Podcast, a show about the ins and outs of independent software development. My name is Brian and I am an independent developer. If you are hoping to become an independent developer and you would like to start a server or servers to host your projects, go to linode.com slash IndieBook to get $100 60-day credit for free for new accounts. Or use the link in the show notes to sign up. So if you're interested in supporting the show, give Linode a try. Uh, I've used them for years and I highly recommend them. Use the link in the show notes or go to linode.com slash IndieBook to start your free trial today. So yesterday, as of this recording, I pushed out a few new updates to Pine.blog, at least on the website. This update has a lot of different things in it, and I wrote a blog post explaining that and published it yesterday. There'll be a link in the show notes. One of the features of this update was some uh, enhancements to the timeline experience. So you can finally reorder your timelines, which is something I've wanted for a long time and never gotten around to. And now there's some new uh, uh, options to be able to collapse and expand items in your timeline uh, to help improve the overall reading experience. I know in a timeline with a lot of uh, micro posts and large blog posts combined, things can kind of get a little bit swamped. So there's some new enhancements to help users uh, manage that. But the big feature with this release is Pine.blog, at least on the web, now supports podcasts. From your timeline and from the feed directory itself, you can uh, listen to podcasts and you can subscribe to them in your timelines and keep up with your uh, favorite podcasts there. Technically speaking, Pine.blog has supported following podcast feeds for a long time, but you couldn't actually listen to the podcast from the feed. So it was basically just a way to discover that your favorite podcast had updated rather than actually listen to them. But now, uh, Pine.blog supports listening to it right within the timeline. Excitingly, this also works for video podcasts. And that's kind of what I want to talk a little bit more about today. It might not be super well-known today, but video podcasting is a thing that exists. Uh, there are still major sites that do it. And it works just like audio podcasts. You can you know, use your favorite video podcast app, and podcasters put out a video and some show notes, and it works just like podcasting does. Video podcasting isn't as popular anymore, especially with the rise of things like YouTube in the last 10 years. Hosting video is also a lot more cumbersome than hosting audio, so it's, it's no wonder that a lot of people went to platforms like Vimeo or, or YouTube or Twitch or things like that. And these days also live video is a lot more in vogue uh, than things like video podcasts usually would be. But there are still video podcasts, and Pine.blog is now one of the tools that you can use to keep up with them. I know Apple publishes their keynotes and a lot of their talks as a video podcast. Uh, Twit.tv still does, like MacBreak Weekly and all of those other shows that they do um, as video podcasts, which is great to see. So now you can watch those on the web. Uh, Pine.blog for iOS is currently undergoing a little bit of a refactor. Well, not a little bit. Like I've mentioned before, it's quite a large refactor. Um, and a new version should be coming out uh, relatively soon. I don't have a strict date on that, like I said last week. And at least on the audio podcast side, the new version of Pine.blog for iOS will support audio podcasting or listening to audio podcasts. Video support will be coming soon. I'm really excited to include podcasting in Pine.blog. It's something I've always wanted to do, and it's something that just makes the feed directory and Pine.blog more useful to more people. I know that podcasts are now a fairly huge you know, phenomenon. They're just growing 
really rapidly as people start new podcasts, like this one here, and as the audience for podcasting grows. But I know a lot of people are still confused or, or uncertain about how to get started listening to podcasts because of its nature as like an open web kind of tool. You need to have an app. There isn't like one app to download or use for podcasts. And so a lot of people are still confused on, on how, to, how to get started, how to find an app that works. I'm sure most people on uh, iOS at least just use the Apple Podcasts app um, or unfortunately increasingly Spotify. Nothing against the Spotify app, but Spotify's efforts to swallow podcasting is not welcome, in my opinion. To kind of help mitigate some of the confusion, I wanted to add podcasting support to my feed reader. Because if you've already convinced somebody to download a feed reader for whatever reason, or to start using Pine.blog, then then it makes sense because they've already been convinced to start using Pine.blog or another feed reader, and they know what that is, and they know how to basically use it, and podcasting is nothing if not the same thing. So hopefully... With the addition of podcasting support to Pine.blog on the web and soon to iOS and hopefully not long after the Mac app as well when that comes out, uh, Pine.blog will be hoping to get more people listening to podcasts, more people following blogs, and hopefully, eventually, more people watching video podcasts. I posted something about this earlier this week, but podcasting is really one of the few remaining kind of mass market entertainment mediums that still uses an open web technology. People have long said that video was lost to YouTube on the web, and writing has been lost to Twitter and Facebook, although blogging is still quite popular. And hopefully, with Pine.blog working to support video, uh, that'll encourage more people to make video podcasts, as more people can actually watch them. I actually think there are a couple reasons why YouTube was able to swallow uh, video podcasting so easily, aside from the centralized nature of YouTube just being easier to understand for a lot of people. YouTube as a service is is actually really good, regardless of how it is to its creators or, you know, how its algorithms, you know, have their own massive side effects or, or the things. The platform and the software works well, and, and lots of people use it and like it. And that's to their credit. And for a long time, and arguably still today, there are a lot more audio podcast apps for listening to podcasts than there are or ever have been for video podcasts. And that gets you in kind of a chicken and egg scenario where there aren't enough apps or people using those apps to justify making a video podcast, and so you don't make them, which means developers make less video podcast apps because there's less video content, which means less people listen to them, etc. So hopefully, since adding video podcast support these days uh, with modern web standards is really easy, hopefully the addition of video podcasting to Pine.blog helps to kind of you know, start a conversation or, or start to move that needle. I've said this before, and I think about this a lot, the tools we as developers choose to make, whether for our companies or for ourselves or for um, bigger companies that we might work for, those tools shape the, the world and how people use technology. And in turn, those users' expectations shape the software we build. It's not a straight linear, you know, developers build tools and users use them or users want tools and developers build them, there's a feedback loop going on there. And we are, as developers, intimately intertwined with what technologies succeed and fail, what what happens on the web and how it works and how it gets popular, if it gets popular and how it dies. If there aren't as many good tools for hosting or uploading or editing video as there are for audio, less people are going to do it. And if there aren't enough people interested, it doesn't matter how many great tools there are out there 
there's not enough interest to support a thriving community, and so one doesn't exist. And I think that that's what happened with video podcasting to a large extent. Editing video is much more complicated than editing audio. Video files are a lot larger, and they're more trouble to host. There's a lot fewer video hosting platforms than there are audio hosting platforms. There, As far as I'm aware, there isn't a Libsyn for video as there is for audio podcasting. For a long time, you couldn't even really play video on the web without a JavaScript plugin or a giant you know, video player written in JavaScript. These days, a lot of those problems are solved. Hosting is fairly cheap, even for large files. Bandwidth is incredibly cheap. Video editing tools are freely available to a lot of people or pretty inexpensive. The knowledge to use those tools has done nothing but expand and grow and touch more people. And the web has standard video and audio players now. It has for a little while, but all of that technology makes things easier for new possibilities. And so maybe video podcasting is too far gone. Uh, Maybe it's not going to make a a comeback, at least not in the way it, it did originally. But it was very, very simple to add, having already parsed a bunch of RSS feeds, having already had the infrastructure for parsing audio, parsing video feeds was was nothing major. So I'm glad to do what I can to maybe help video podcasting have a little bit of a comeback. Uh, I did have this conversation online. For anyone out there who's confused about what I mean when I say video podcasting is dead or dying, not dead. When I say podcast, I'm referring to the kind of thing you're listening to here. A audio or video show that is subscribed to in a podcast or video podcast player that just uses uh, RSS to power it. You might have, in my opinion, you might have a a talk show on YouTube, but you do not have a podcast because YouTube does not support podcasting. Uh, I know podcast these days is kind of taken on more of a genre definition and like a podcast is uh, an internet talk show or something like that, or an internet documentary show, something like 99% invisible, but on YouTube. But when I say podcast, I don't mean the genre. I mean the technical format. I mean, a podcast is something listed in the iTunes podcast directory that I can listen to in Overcast or in Downcast or in Castro or in Pine.blog. Something powered by the open web and not locked onto a single platform. If your podcast is only available to users on Spotify, then in my opinion, that is not a podcast. That's an audio show or an internet audio show. And the same with video. A video podcast as a genre, definitely still exists. There are people doing video talk shows on YouTube and Twitch all the time, but they're locked onto those platforms. True video podcasting in the technical sense is fairly rare these days. In other news, I have just uploaded, and I believe is in review at the time of recording, uh, the final version, or what should be the final version of Huel. It should be coming out next week. Uh, there is still uh, public beta testing going on, so if you're interested in getting the app, on early access, go ahead and download Test Flight for iOS, and you can start testing it by going to the link in the show notes. I'm excited to get Huel into, you know, onto the App Store in public, because as the wintertime kind of sets in, and the situation in the world kind of gets darker and worse for a while, I know people are going to be looking for things to do. And while Huel, I originally thought of Huel as a, a travel app, something you could use while you were traveling, And not a lot of people are doing that, hopefully, this year. But I've actually found in my usage of it, in my testing, uh, I found the app to be really, really helpful and really informative in explaining to me and kind of showing me the history and culture of the town I live in and the area 
you know, I've called home for my entire life and I, I you know, there, I've learned a lot just from, from testing the app actually. And so if people are staying home, you know, for the holidays and, and they're kind of locked up and, and, and unable to, to gather in large groups, I know especially if kids are going to be out of school soon for the break, uh, parents need something to do to, you know, keep their kids entertained. And uh, Huel is definitely a thing where it's a learning experience for everybody. You could easily construct an entire Saturday or an entire weekend chasing down interesting places on Huel, getting achievements and things like that. So I'm hoping that even though it was originally conceived to be a travel app, hopefully it can also become a kind of stay home, staycation kind of learning experience app for for anyone who's curious about their hometown or for anyone who you know has kids and, and wants to do something both out of the house but also educational and doesn't require, you know, large groups of people. If you're interested in Huel, as I said, you can try it out in the beta, or next week it will be out in public, and uh, you can give it a download from the App Store. I think that's it for this week. Today marks the 10th episode of the Indie Dev Life podcast. I originally set a goal for myself to do 10 episodes uh, to see if I would uh, enjoy the idea of starting a podcast, and overall I I think I have, so I, I do plan to keep going. That said... The next episode is going to be a little bit of a special one to celebrate the fact that I hit 10 episodes. When I originally set out to try recording a podcast, I recorded an unaired pilot, like an episode zero, to see if I could even talk about something for, you know, 15, 20 minutes, and if I could edit it and if I would enjoy that whole prospect. I never aired it, obviously, that's the unaired part, Uh, but I said to myself that I would release it as the 11th episode if I hit 10 episodes. So... This being the 10th episode, next week will be the unaired pilot. That episode was recorded while I was still writing Going Indie, and I was in the middle of a rather tortuous process of effectively rewriting or re-editing or reformulating what the book would be about, and still figuring out how to do uh, paperback publishing. So the episode is a lot about those things, those kind of little niche details, so I'll leave that as a surprise for next week. I hope you uh, I hope you like it. For now, if you are interested in getting a copy of my book, Going Indie, you can do that at goingindie.tech or wherever fine books are sold. And if you like this podcast, please consider giving it a rating or review on Apple Podcasts.